Ladies and gents, back with a bang. And I've got my man, my close friend, and elite level coach, Andrew Bond, on the line. How are you doing, my friend, over there in the Big Apple? Yeah, pretty good, Mark. Um, it's been good catching up with you. It's been a while, right? So just chilling in the Big Apple, working hard. Sun is shining, which is all good. So can't Thanks. complain. Happy days, my man. So, yeah, I just wanted to say to the audience as well, you know, when it comes to different coaches I get on here and stuff like that, it's always going to be, you know, people who, who've got a lot of experience, right? And I've actually coached a lot of people and also who are really in the, like, the, the 1% to 5% of coaches on the planet, right? And I'm going to pick Andrew's brains today. You've got some really good kind of knowledge bombs and stuff coming today. But yeah, I just wanted to say, Drew, how have you managed this stuff, man? Because we haven't touched base for a while, obviously, with everything that happened over in New York and stuff like that with the pandemic. How have you managed me over the last couple of years? That's a big uh, gap to fill there, two years. And as they focus, I guess, right? Probably similar to you, staying in touch with family and friends. Just keeping up with my habits and goals, like just going to the gym, being as active as possible, eating well. The same things that I normally talk about. But it's been a crazy time for everyone, I think. Particularly around like politics and things like that, with COVID going on and elections and this, that and the other. It's been kind of a test in time, I guess. But like when I look back through times of the past, like we, we tend to get through them. So we're getting through this. We adapt as people, right? And we keep pushing forward. So how about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, my man. Not too bad down here. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's been a challenging time for everyone. And, you know, I wanted to get this talk out of the way at the start, right? Because all, a lot of the audience know that, you know, we bounced off each other quite a few times and quite a few episodes. I just wanted to touch base and see how you're getting on. But yeah, it's been okay down here, man. I mean, obviously, things have calmed down now. And the good thing is now things are changing. And uh, off air then, Andrew and I, we're just planning our, our trip, right, mates? Yeah. To Europe, man, in the summer. Excited? Let's not talk too much about the details, but yeah, we're going to go away at the end of July, I guess, beginning of August. Yep. Well needed. I think I've been away maybe once since February 2020. Yep. Dominican Republic, so I haven't had much like kind of friend time, I guess, all of that. I'm looking forward to catch up with you. And obviously you haven't been home for what, three and a half years, is that so? Exactly. I haven't been, I haven't been home for three years, so I'm going back. Obviously the, uh, the audience know I live in Australia, I'm from the UK, but yeah, going back uh, for the first time in two and a half years, oh, sorry, three years, yeah. So I haven't seen my family for two and a half years, ladies and gents, and I'm going to be going back very soon. So looking forward to that. But yeah, man, exciting yeah. stuff. And but yeah, today I wanted to talk about a few different things, right? And I think we're just going to bounce off each other because, you know, we've been through our own journey. We've, 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 you know, we broke this down in other episodes in terms of like our journey, you know, getting right. to where we're at now, you know, optimizing our health, optimizing our body, and really going through a journey of growth, right? And, and transformation. And obviously, you know, we both struggled, had a poor relationship with food at one point. And we overcome that. Not only have we overcome it now, but we're using that journey of, you know, some of it was, was a big struggle, right? With, you know, binge eating and whatnot. Do you feel like now you have a bit more compassion and you feel like you can actually help people and have a bigger impact with your clients and stuff now, Drew? Because I certainly feel now I can relate to the struggles, right? When it comes to a poor relationship with food, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what you kind of touch upon in your Instagram feed, right? You're very good at being open and honest about like the situations you've been through in terms of whether it's mental health, physical health, or, or even with nutrition. What we need to understand is that like we all go, go through these same things, right? So we all go through whether it's poor eating uh, habits or different psychological things going on in our mind. We're not on our own. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes when people look at personal trainers, Quite often they'll tell me, like, you don't understand. You haven't been through anything like this. And I'm like, hold on. I actually have many examples of what I've been through myself that I can now refer to you and help coach you through these problems. But sometimes when you're on the outside, you might see a physique that's on Instagram that looks what's deemed to be great shape, 
whatever that may be, but you don't really know what's going on inside that person's head. Whether they have body dysmorphia, they have disordered eating, they have an obsession with being overly healthy, which is something we'll probably touch upon when we talk about binge eating. So sometimes from the outside, everything looks fine and dandy, particularly in this kind of social media world where we're seeing everyone's uh, highlight reels. But deep down, it's probably not quite that for most people. So like Martin talked about being an elite level coach earlier, this is the type of things you touch upon with your clients because you have those own experiences that you can pass on to them. And that becomes easier with the whole empathy side of things because I think sometimes as a new personal trainer, you don't have that empathy, right? You're going to give someone a diet plan. You're going to give someone a training plan five, six times a week. You can expect them to follow it down to the T. When they don't, you get frustrated with them. Absolutely. Because you don't things that go on in their own life, whether that's family, relationship, <clears throat> issues with those, lack of time, lack of time to prepare. So, yes, I do feel that now I have a better understanding of what other, others go through. And I could just touch upon that with them. And just that helps with my coaching as well. Absolutely, yeah. That's such a good point, right? Because when you first start out as a PT, you're very surface level, right? You know what I mean? You're like, right, these are the logistics, right? These are the numbers. This is the plan. Stick to it, right? But you don't delve deep enough into, you know, maybe what got that person into the position they're in, uh, the behaviors, the stuff that really makes a difference, right? And that's really, really important, right? So when you said then about having more of an understanding with your clients, right, and actually being able to get them better results now, and what stood out to me then, what you said, I was, I was just going to say is, you know, the journey that you've been on yourself and actually what people think, right? People look at you, sometimes me or you, and they think, oh, yeah, they don't struggle with the same things, right? But most of the time, and even with trainers, right? If you just look at like trainers and coaches, a lot of the times, you know, they kind of get into it, into that industry because of like insecurities and stuff, right? Because they might not have been happy with certain parts of their body. It's coming from that place a lot of the times, right? So and a lot of the times, you know, trainers are kind of world's worst as well, right? People in that industry. And that's not to say world's worst as in like bad people or anything like that, but behaviors and stuff like that, right? When they initially get on the ladder and pursue that career. So I think that's really important for people to understand that that is like the main driver for a lot of coaches when they get into that field. But when you say about like your clients, you know, having a better understanding and more compassion for your clients, what are the main kind of things like, say, for example, summer now, right, Drew? Summer in, uh, in well, in, in Europe and obviously New York and stuff, America. What advice do you find yourself giving clients this time of year? You know, because people enjoy themselves, they let their guard down a bit, right? This time of year, we all like to socialize more. But at the same time, people have more kind of motivation, if you want to use that word, to, you know, to, to be in really good shape as well, right? For their vacations or whatever. So I know it's different from person to person, but just generally for the audience, what kind of advice would you give people in, in that situation in the summer right now? In terms of what, be, going out, being more social or those yeah, so, so Yeah, so being able to kind of maintain or at least stay on track with their fitness goals, health and fitness goals, but at the same time, be able to enjoy themselves, drop their guard at times, and still be able to kind of maintain and, and stay, you know, feeling good and relatively in good shape physically as well. Well, the simplest thing to look at first, right, is to be more active, right? So just take advantage of the summer weather. That's an easy win, right, for everyone because the sun is shining. So can you incorporate some outdoor walks, getting more steps in, getting more movement in more frequently? So you're increasing energy expenditure by moving more. That's one simple win. You know that there's probably going to be more alcohol involved on nights out and things like that. Now, can you prepare around that, right? So, or even eating at a restaurant. Like, it's quite simple nowadays just to go on your phone, check what's on the menu, prepare in advance. So you don't go overboard on an evening, okay? Not, not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. It may happen. However, if you can plan ahead, plan in advance, 
you're going to be one step ahead of the game, okay? In terms of alcohol, I might, cha- might tell them to kind of change what they're actually drinking to lower calorie options, or I'm going to give them a little ta- uh, task to do the next day just to get back on track, whether that be working on sleep, keeping hydrated, getting some sort of movement in and trying to eat some nutritious foods as well. Yeah, love that. Now, that was a big one, what you said then, especially the simple one in terms of, in terms of movement, right? And, and pre-planning. Very simple, but a lot of people overlook that. You know what I mean? It's like if you can stay, and I always keep it really simple with my clients as well. You know, it's like this, the, the three kind of big pillars, right? The three important pillars, obviously training, nutrition, and movement, yeah? So if one of them takes a hit, like you were just saying then, like obviously if you're going out, you're drinking, and you drop your guard with nutrition, and that kind of slips, right? Your nutrition slips for even like for a whole weekend sometimes. Yeah, then you prioritize the other two more, right? So it's okay. I want to be stay consistent with my workouts if I can, even if I'm doing the bare minimum on a weekly basis. And then I want to increase my movement, right? So you can kind of compensate then and you can still make good progress or at least maintain. So I always say to people like two of those boxes need to be ticked, training, nutrition, and movement. You know what I mean? Like ideally, right? So the other thing you said then, which stood out is um, the pre-planning, right? Planning ahead. And this has been shown in studies as well, right? Just obviously looking at the menu in advance, having, you know, simply having like lean protein prepared and stuff like that, right? So, because we know protein blunts appetite and stuff. But do you think that's a really important thing? Because in terms of time management and planning, I find that's kind of a big obstacle for a lot of people and time management, planning, and making their self-care, whether that be prepping meals or whatever, or just being prepared in advance if you can eat out. Do you find sometimes that lack of structure or planning ahead can be a bit of an obstacle for people that you've coached in the past? Yes, but it depends what your priorities are, right? Yeah. You know, I'm talking about time management, like we seem to be able to watch two episodes of Netflix. Mm. Could that be one? So can we prepare food for the next day? Can we set aside a specific time for someone to prepare food maybe twice a week? Mm. You're on your phone enough, so it's not really that difficult to check the menu before you go out. Mm. You'll be on your phone on the train or whether that's in the car and like that, not promoting obviously uh, driving while texting. But however, in an Uber on the way to a restaurant, you can still check and prepare. But that is kind of one of the biggest obstacles you have definitely working with some people but again you probably find that when you're working with online clients they generally want to do it so they're going to be more receptive to what you say mm. no um yeah how about yourself that's right yeah no and on that note as well and so that's very important yeah it's just your, it's your priorities in there that's what it comes down to and i actually talked to this with my clients the other day and i was just like right you know when it comes to like planning ahead i always i'm always big on kind of like Planning your week. When I say planning your week, a lot of people are like overwhelmed. Oh shit, I've got to sit down and plan my week for a couple of hours. You can keep it really, really simple, right? You know, if you've got limited time, just having an idea of what your week's going to look like. But either way, putting your self-care first, right? So a lot of the times people are world's worst for kind of, you know, we've all been there where you're putting everyone else first before yourself or your professional life or whatever. But ultimately, when you strip all that down, it's, I always say this to people, people think sometimes they're being, you know, selfless, right? by actually putting other people first. But actually, if you really like kind of look at it, in reality, it's actually more selfish when you're not putting your self-care first, right? Because you're not, you can't serve from an empty vessel, right, Drew? And you're, showing up, you're not showing up at your best. Yeah. If you have kids, you know, you, you often get the question, would you die for your kids? Everyone says yes. And then yeah. the other question, would you stay alive for them? So is health your priority to live a long life and see them grow up as well? Mm. You know, so it, it can happen both ways, but... Health should be a priority at the end of the day. I understand people are limited on time. Some people do work crazy work hours and have children as well. Mm. I don't. So it's difficult for me to comment on that, but I can only advise. Mm. And it's just about making the best out of your situation, I guess. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that. And that's it. Everyone's different, right? Everyone's got a completely different lifestyle. So yeah, I've got to figure out what works for you. But the, the key thing is, right, is just like keeping it really, really simple. When it comes to getting in shape, staying in shape, being healthy, like Andrew said, then living for longer, ultimately, you have got to put your self-care first. There's no excuse for that because you can make excuses. You can tell yourself a story, right? And like, I've got to do this, got to do that. But when you start neglecting your, and we've all been there, right? We all sometimes do that. But when you start neglecting your self-care, whether whatever that looks like to you, right? You know, getting your workouts in weekly, you know, obviously preparing your food, like we said with Andrew, but it can just be hobbies and stuff. It can be whatever that looks like, whatever makes you feel good, what, you know, having fun, right? Those kind of things, which we kind of forget about. You've got to allocate those things to yourself and make that a priority because otherwise everything else is going to be like half out of the best, right? So I just had a thought then about environment, right? And again, in research, right, it does show, for example, if you've got a friend who's like obese, and again, I'm not trying to, trying to shame anyone or anything like that, but when you have a friend who's obese and you spent a long time with someone, it basically increases your chance of being obese by, I think it was like 60 something percent or 50 odd percent. And that's just an example of like how important it is to, and again, it's a case of like priorities, right? It's like encouragement is really important. You need to be getting encouragement off people when you're on this kind of journey of taking care of yourself. Yeah. If you're getting criticism, again, this is shown in research, that's the worst thing. Obviously, if you're getting criticism or if you're getting a lot of pushback off people all the time and you're constantly getting that, that's going to be a struggle. But how important do you think that is, mate, in terms of who you spend your time with, you know, in general? That, sorry, just going back on your point there, that generally comes from their own insecurities, right? They see you changing and wanting to do better and then somehow they want to try and pull you down with them. I'm not necessarily saying they're trying to be nasty. However, when you're on this kind of journey yourself and you're trying to eat healthy, you're always going to have those kind of nagging comments and little digs because people want to be doing it themselves, but they're, mm. quite, they're not quite ready. So it's, it, it can work with anything. It's like, obviously, you talked about podcasts the other day, right? That's part of your environment where you're listening to the right people or, or who you deem as the right people mm. and you're looking and, and doing better. That, you, know, you, should, you should surround yourself with people who are on similar journeys to you who are trying to progress in life, not kind of the, the Debbie Downers always putting you down, always putting themselves down. And that's only going to help you progress further anyway. Mm. 100%. No, I was just saying 100%, man. I agree with that. Yeah. Are you going to say something else then? No, you're good. No, so like energy vampires, right? That's, I think there's actually a book on that now, but energy vampires, like people who kind of, you know, you, you just got to be aware, right? And again, it's, it's just a trade-off, right? It's like sometimes you're going to spend time with certain people, right? If they're your friends or whatever, but it's just being mindful more than anything and just being aware because energy management, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about, Andrew. Because, you know, you have to be good at managing this, for example, when you do what we do, right? I think that's the most important thing when it comes to, you can just talk about this now in the summer, getting in shape, staying in shape, looking after yourself, but still having fun. Managing your energy is really important, right? And if you're spending time with certain people, obviously that can suck your energy, yeah, energy vampires. But also just what you said earlier, right? And in terms of your emotional environment, right? I.e., how much time you're spending on your phone and scrolling on social media. I think that's something that, it's good to shine a light on how often you're doing that, right? Because we can easily condition our brains to get more distracted as well, right? 100%, yeah. It's uh, crazy right now. Um, I've been struggling with myself recently. Um, no reason, really. So that's why I kind of, you know, we talked about this, like dropping in and out. I'm not, as, I'm not consistent at all anymore, unfortunately, but as you are. But I just find it difficult being on there because for me, it's not necessarily positive all the time. It can kind of drain you when it comes to like politics and what's going on in the world with COVID or all these other scenarios with Ukraine and things like that. And sometimes you're, you chase that as well. You want to know the next information. Right, what's happening here? What's happening there? What's happening here? But really in your own environment, sometimes your life is quite peaceful. Mm. 
without knowing on knowing what's going on all around you. And that's just kind of sucking the life out of you daily, right? You're, you're going to see something online that's going to trigger you, regardless of what it is. There may be something someone says in your friend group or someone shares or everyone has an opinion on everything these days. So that sucks the life out of you sometimes. So the more you can restrict like social media, television as well, I find does the same, like the news or watch the news now. It's always negative, so I don't really need that in my life. I'm going to hear enough from people around anyway about what's going on in the world. I don't necessarily need to be on there all the time. Like you can switch your phone off when nighttime comes. It's also going to help improve your sleep. Again, in the morning, I see a lot of people looking straight on social media, checking emails. You're going to be in a reactive state already, right, Martin? So you're probably not going to be in the best mood, and that's going to affect those relationships you have with people around you. You're going to be attacking them, more receptive to different things as well. So you just have to be very carefully how you monetize the time you spend on your phone. 100%. And be very careful of who you follow as well, right? Because it is ultimately, it's down to you, isn't it? In terms of what you get on your feed, that's down to who you're following, right? So it's like, I always say to my clients, you know, just unapologetically every now and then, just unfollow people that are not adding tremendous value to your life, isn't it? Or if it's the wrong kind of energy, like you were saying then, right? I just remembered something then when you said that, it's like in the book, Irresistible. Basically, it's like donuts, right? It's like the process. Like I think Sal says that, didn't he? Right off uh, mind pump, he says like the processed food of our generation is uh, is social media, right? And if you look at it that way, and it's not all bad. It's amazing. It's got us connected all over the world, right? It's it's, it's, a, it's a great tool. But you don't to, think we're developed enough for that. Like what's I don't that? think my I don't think we're developed enough to see that type of information. Like my brain, I'm on. Like if, especially if you go on like the reels, it's just like one after the other, after the other, after the other. Different people exactly. in the world you don't know popping exactly. in your head. I'm not ready for that. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And the same with staying in shape. And there's also that kind of uh, comparison you have with other people, right? So what I try and tell people is not to follow a great amount of people that might be in the fitness industry. Right? Just follow maybe one or two or three. Or with mm, Good point. Sometimes a misconception of how people actually look. Like on my social media, I might have 20 fitness models, women or men. I might follow those 20 people and they all have perfect pictures every time. Boom. Boom, boom. And that's, that's giving me then a distorted reality of how things actually are because outside in the real world, I'm not seeing 20 fitness models in a row walking mm. on the street. I, I rarely see them in the gym, let alone on the street. On exactly. my phone, all these hot bodies. Boom, boom, mm. boom, boom, boom. And that's telling me that I need to look this way when all reality, that's, that's probably about 1% of the world that looks like that. Exactly. And like, what is it, 92% or 96% of our beliefs and our thoughts and our feelings are kind of etched into the subconscious as well, right? So it's like, if you're spending, even if you're spending like an hour a day, right, scrolling, and as Andrew said, if you're following lots of, you know, it's almost like you, if you go outside and everyone looks perfect, right? Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't happen, does it? We all know that, but it doesn't matter if you know that because you're conditioning your brain a certain way, right? But no, I was just going to say then in terms of donuts, what you were saying then, right? That's what they say in Irresistible. It's like processed food. It's like, you know, when you go on reels or you go on something and you keep pressing and you keep going through and before you know it, like, you know, however much time's gone by, it's like donuts, right? It's like donut, donut, donut. You can't stop eating them, right? You can't stop consuming. So when we say diets, right? It's about, your, it's about the diet in terms of what you're taking in, your environment, what, you know, what, what's going in, what's going into your, your brain. What you, what you actually absorb, and it's not just about what you eat. I know we talked about some deep stuff there, right? But if you look at, this is why, you know, I said about, you know, elite level coaches and people like Andrew and I have done this for a long time. We've been on a, a transformation journey of our own. We've coached a lot of people and you won't always, nest, and it's, you know, everyone's different. You won't always get trainers talking about this stuff, right? It's normally like, it's more surface level. But obviously we've talked about energy management. We've talked about time management. We've talked about environment. 
And some people listening, you know, or some people who want to look better physically, they're just like, oh, forget about all that. I just want to get in shape. You know what I mean? I just want to know what to do. Tell me what to do. But these things actually over time are what are actually going to keep you moving forward, right? You have to look a bit deeper. And even if you can take one thing away from what we said and implement it, then, you know, it could be, it will be, you know, you will get progress, you know what I mean? And you will actually raise your awareness and, and get some more momentum. So, yeah, man, I was just going to ask you on that note as well, mate, in terms of the, uh, what we were talking about, summer bodies, right? Yeah. And that's a good thing now about where Andrew and I'm not trying to blow our trumpets. I kind of am really, but <laughs> now we're in, you know, we're in really, really good shape. We're in the shape of our life uh, aesthetically. Yeah, I know I'm, you know, blowing our heads up here, mate. No, but this is taking our whole lives, right? So just so people know, we're now we don't really think about, we are driven by aesthetics. I'm not going to lie. We both want to look good. We train to look good as well, right? But we try and do the bare minimum now, right? As opposed to before doing way too much. But now we just, you know, we're, you know, we just look better aesthetically, physically without, it's just almost easy for us now, right? And, but how long is that? Like, I just wanted to ask you, what are the kind of the biggest lessons or, or just lesson you've learned on your journey to achieve what you've achieved? you know, with your body, being able to stay in the incredible shape you're in, you know, week in, week out? Biggest lessons I've learned. Good question. Probably, like if you talk about my past experiences, probably I was overly restrictive, kind of an obsession with kind of being healthy. Mm. In the end, I wasn't actually healthy, both physically and mentally. And there were times where I was binge eating and there were times where I was restricting total food groups. There were times where I was missing social occasions times where I was obsessed with the way I looked. It's just taken a long time for me to kind of get over all that and a lot of practice. I would say a lot of time, a lot of empathy with myself and a lot of time just improving my knowledge, basically. Do you want me to give you kind of experiences I've had or is that? Yeah, no, that was, no, that was powerful. I just wanted to say, I remember the first time I met Andrew. I know I've mentioned this before, but we haven't talked for ages. I actually, we went, we went to Vegas, right? We went to Vegas, it was probably over 10 years ago with our group of mates and I first met you then. And I remember, you know, you were shredded, right? But that's when you were kind of in the, in the kind of midst of, you know, yeah. disordered eating, right? It was, the, it was disordered eating, right? Because you were kind of like, you were in great shape. What's that? Probably some depression as well, you know? Yep. Um, issues with mental health. I don't think I was in good shape then, but I think, like, like as you alluded to earlier, probably in better shape now. Aesthetically, you were still shredded though. But, you were still, but no. just, just so the audience know, you were shredded, right? So people look at you like, no. this guy's shredded. Yeah, but inside, right. it was different. It wasn't, right? I wasn't the same mentally. Let's just put it that way. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have probably known from the outset, but you could probably see that the way I was eating when I was there, there may be something wrong with me. And I don't know whether you would have picked up at that point. Something wasn't quite right. However, like as you are a coach now, a very experienced coach, you probably would have seen something in me a little differently today than you probably did back then. That's a good point. That's a really good point because I just thought this guy is super disciplined, making me feel bad about myself. Although I was in great shape. My diet was, you know, terrible. I was eating just like mainly processed foods, but you were the other way, right? You were like, you know, we would go to McDonald's, for example, and you would like get some, what would you get? Like oats or something, right? And everyone would be eating their burgers and stuff. That's as far as you would take it, isn't it? Oats. But yeah, no, just going back to what you were saying then. So you would say all in all, your biggest lesson from what you were saying is just having more self-compassion for you or one of your biggest lessons having more self-compassion for yourself, right? So that's something we both really struggle with, like beating ourselves up, right? That would come from beating myself up in the gym. Well, you could say beating myself up with food, but that would be me just restricting everything in my diet. Mm, mm. Like I would go months on end where I wasn't eating any, like obviously quote unquote bad foods. I try not to put good and bad foods out there, but I was, yep. I was just like obsessed with like eating what you would say is healthy foods. Mm. 
at that point, that's what I deemed as healthy. That would be like the old bodybuilding diet, which would be like chicken breast, rice, broccoli for the majority of time, like nuts, no fun, like no flavor, no fun. I just took Open it to and that because I thought that was the right thing to do. I didn't really have the knowledge at that point to think, right, I can be more flexible with my diet and enjoy nights out with friends and, and eat certain foods that I deemed as bad or unhealthy and just cut down on my training as well because I would kind of punish myself, right? We talked about punishment earlier. I would punish myself in training sessions where it would be, I think I'd had a bad day and I'd overeaten. The next day I'd be out doing sprints or hitting the gym. Mm. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to burn these calories off. Yep. And I know, I have the knowledge now to know that's not the best thing to do. In mm. fact, I probably should do the opposite after kind of a stressful day of eating or lack of sleep and mm. overdoing the alcohol or whatever, so... And I don't, I don't want to go too much down this hole, but I do think this is important to share as well, right? And it's, it, you know, we're not doing this for like a pity party. We're doing this to relate to people because people sometimes look at us, don't realize we've had mental and emotional struggles, uh, just you know, like everyone else does, or most people do. And when I was in Vegas as well, obviously I shared that picture on my social media. That's when I was in the midst of, of kind of my depression, right, in Vegas. But none of you guys would have known. And that was something I was thinking about. was like, you know, even 10 years ago, it was different. Like you wouldn't talk about that stuff back then. Obviously things have changed now for the better, right? Because people can talk about it, there's more awareness. But like, you know, for about 18 months there, I was struggling with depression or whatever. And obviously I managed to overcome that. And that's another conversation I've shared a lot of this, but that just goes to show, you know, cause I was in fantastic shape aesthetically. I was lean as well in Vegas. No one would have ever known, but obviously I was masking that with, you know, obviously, you know, partying more and stuff like that. And then obviously we got into the bodybuilding stuff and we've talked about this on other episodes. Um, but that's kind of when then I was competing. Andrew actually competed a few times as well. And from doing that then, that kind of just kind of reinforced and cemented in these kind of habits we had as well in terms of like being extreme, right? So it's like eating quote unquote healthy or, you know, chicken and broccoli, restrictive. Like you said, just like missing out on lots of nutrients and then basically binge eating, right? And that went on for a while. We both went through that. And obviously we overcame that. And I just wanted to ask you on that as well. So you said your biggest lesson was self-compassion. Uh, is there anything else that you've learned on your journey that you think will be valuable to the audience? Anyone who's kind of, you know, trying to make progress with, with their health and fitness goals? Lots. Not to be too obsessive, obviously. Don't treat kind of exercise as a punishment, right? Exercise should be kind of being nourishing your body rather than being punishing. I see that a lot with clients that they overeat or they're overdoing it outside the gym and they want to be battered in the gym. And I'm not the trainer to do that. I'm going to do specific things that are going to make you improve and make you better. So don't try and hurt yourself in the gym, right? Have empathy in terms of like everyone slips up, right? So everyone's going to have a bad day here and there, whether that is you're stressed and you eat, overeat, or you go out with friends, you overdo the alcohol, it happens. Lesson I can give for that is just get back to it, back to your routine the next day and you'll be fine. Like there are seven days in a week as opposed to one. I think we get caught up on the one day and we say, oh, we messed up on the whole day because we've got eaten a little bit too much or drunk too much alcohol. And then we just go, ah, fuck it. Self-sabotage. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's what that stems down to you and, and I when we were restricting and then binging. And then no wonder we had mental health issues because we would restrict probably to the point where we weren't eating enough. Mm. Overtrain. That would increase our stress levels, make us be tired all the time, probably affect our sleep. Mm-hmm. and then we would eat, overeat on the weekends and then we'd feel terrible on the Monday because we felt guilty and we'd had a crap load of processed foods all the weekend, probably too much for any person in one week. So that's probably what that boils down to, the mental health issues, and then kind of thinking that you're not in the same shape, so you're always kind of second-guessing yourself, second-guessing your body, mm-hmm. check yourself out in the mirror all the time, and then that leads on and that goes week after week after week, and then that just screws up you mentally, I'm sure. 
Mm, 100%. Yeah, really, really good point. And, you know, I think your relationship with food really says more about kind of your relationship with yourself, right, Drew, than anything else. If you look back, think about the relationship you have with yourself at that point. You know, yeah. like you just talked about that and the mental and emotional you stuff. You couldn't turn into food to abuse yourself, I guess, as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Some really, really good points there. And yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up here, mate, because I think there was loads of knowledge bombs. And I was going to say, if there's anything you could kind of say to the audience now in terms of taking care of yourself and really kind of reaching your full potential. A lot of people watching and listening to this are just growth-minded people, man. They just want to become a better version of themselves. So what advice would you give them, mate, based on what you've experienced and with all your clients? My advice is just to focus on sleep, number one. Um, because that has such a knock-on effect to how the next day goes, right? So if you don't have a good sleep, you're going to mess up your hormones, leptin and ghrelin. One is satiating, one makes you hungry. It's going to be a little screwed up, so you're probably going to overconsume the next day. If you have poor sleep, you're generally a little bit more grumpy and more reactive to emails and people in relationships with you, so that's probably going to cause some anger issues, some additional stress as well. And you're also probably not going to move the same amount the next day. You're going to put off chores, so you're going to be lounging around a little bit more that's going to affect your workouts as well if you're hitting the gym you're not going to be able to hit your workout as well so sleep will be number one focus on uh, consuming lots of water keep yourself hydrated and this is vital for any bodily function so the amount of people that don't drink enough water is pretty astonishing so try and focus on getting your water intake up as much as you can movement we talked about summertime getting outside more just start increasing your steps doing work around the house taking the dog out for a walk that's going to help increase that energy expenditure, okay? In terms of what you're eating, you want to focus on natural foods as much as possible, but don't restrict any other foods. Sprinkle them in. Focus on calories over a weekly basis rather than a day because you get too caught up in the numbers. and Your days will fluctuate in terms of the amount you eat. If you're going out to eat or drink alcohol, just prepare in advance. Strength train and just enjoy your summer, basically. Love that, my man. Love that. And what a great way to finish, mate. Thanks for those tips. And yeah, we're not going to even go too deep into those. Sorry, mate. Surround yourself with good people, positive people who are on the same journey. And obviously, you want to kind of learn from others, whether that be a good podcast, good social media accounts. So, yeah, being around like minded people is the key, man. And that's why I mentioned that then as well, because obviously, with the online community, I've built my online transformation program. It's been so powerful, man, just having people, like minded people. You know, some people have had great transformations. And just being around those people and having that encouragement and having that relatability with people who are sharing a similar vision to you, like that is priceless, right? Because otherwise, it is going to limit your growth. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. If you're spending too much time with the wrong people, you know what I mean? You can obviously kind of learn from one another. And you're, you see then that people are going through the same issues that you have as well. So you're more, yep. relate, more relatable for you. Definitely. And more in the group as well, right? 100%. So, ladies and gents, there was lots of super valuable. You got a ton of value from that, right? And always remember, if you, it's about dissecting stuff, right? So, it's like you've got all the information in the world now. We're living in the information era, but the key thing is implementation, right? So, what I'd like you to do, anyone who's listened to this, I see you, right? And I see, you know, there's 40%, I think about 40% are in America, but there's people all over the world. There's even people in Russia listening to this. And what I'd like you to do is basically, if you like this episode, or if there's any episodes for that matter that you liked, Make sure you tag me and tag Andrew as well if you like this episode um, at, Miss, at Martin Silver Fitness. You know, put it on your story so I can see where you're at in the world. I love connecting with people. I'll, you know, it'd be good to connect with you. So just tag it on your story at Martin Silver Fitness. And if you like this episode, tag Andrew as well at Mr. Bond Fitness, right? And share that on your story so I can see where you're at in the world. 
Um, or just drop me a DM as well, right? I'd like you to drop me a DM with what stood out to you the most with this episode, right? Because as we said, lots of information, but what was your biggest takeaway? What really stood out to you? I'd love for you to drop me a DM or share something on your story at Martin Silver Fitness. And yeah, stay tuned. Hey, mate, thanks a lot for joining me, Drew. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for the invite. Good to see you again. You too, my man. Enjoy the rest of the evening. I've seen you in about two years, so. I know, mate. Close friend. We haven't seen each other for a couple of years. We're going to make up for lost time soon, my man. <laughs> Cheers, Drew. All right, thank you. Thanks, mate.